We're back with another episode of our COVID-19 mini-series. I'm Matt Hayes, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob May. Hi, everybody. And we have Russ Wilcox from Pillar uh, Ventures, and we have Charlie O'Donnell from Brooklyn Bridge Ventures on the podcast today. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, rel- relatively okay. Yeah, in these crazy times. And so, you know, some of the things that, you know, we wanted to get some VCs on the podcast today uh, and talk a little bit about how you're handling the situation with, you know, portfolio with your portfolios and how you're thinking about the world from from investing. Uh, and so, you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, what you did as soon as, you know, COVID-19, you know, got very serious here in the U.S. and and how you're thinking about things. Well, sure. I think- you go ahead um so i will say that most of my portfolio companies have been very proactive both in terms of um doing what they need to in terms of their employees but also communicating um to to investors and so you know i would say that um i've been pretty impressed with how early a, a, a large le- number of my founders, you know, sort of picked up on this. Um, may, maybe even before, you know, I was there on the seriousness of it. You know, I think week by week, we've all learned a lot. And I think you can kind of tell that like, you know, maybe like four weeks ago, we were like, no, maybe it would be a good idea to work from home. And, you know, uh, each week, we went up another level of, of seriousness. Um, so I think most of it has largely been driven by the portfolio companies. I think where I've come in is the longer term picture. I think the portfolio companies have done a really, really good job of doing what they should in the immediate uh, next steps in terms of, you know, operations, continuity plans, like that sort of things. I think it becomes a little murkier and where VCs can be more useful to to make help make decisions about, you know, cuts, runway, openings of the venture market. And I think that's where we can bring some perspective. Yeah, for Pillar, we're um, you know, we could see that this was coming And it started with talking to the portfolio about uh, making sure all the employees uh, in their businesses actually had enough um, money on uh, to be able to go ahead and and buy a couple of weeks of groceries and be prepared in case there was a stay at home order. Um, So, uh, you know, that happened. And then as it escalated, each CEO had to have a different plan given their circumstances and it really just catches, you know, in the venture business, if you're doing startups, everybody's in a different cycle of cash flow uh, and where their next round is going to be. And based on whether you thought your next round was going to be 90 days away or, you know, 90 months away, you have a very different outlook and a different strategy, which we could talk through. Um, I think that uh, in the short term, you know, there's had to be uh, a lot of a defensive posture taken on as people, because they can't be certain uh, what the economy is going to do, people have to preserve optionality, which basically means preserving cash. So you've seen a lot of people go through and um, either 
uh, implement pay cuts across the board where everybody might take, say, a 20% pay cut for the short term, and we'll see how long we need to do that. Uh, or there might be reductions in staff. Basically, go through your revenue plan and assume that deals will take longer to close and that um, you know the sales cycle is going to stretch. And then see what that does to cash and make sure that you have enough cash to get to the next financing event. So there has been a kind of top to bottom review for every single CEO of what they need to do. And, uh, you know, like Charlie, I, I really have been impressed. We've got a lot of great leaders out there who are taking the bull by the horns and um, making some tough decisions. That's that's awesome uh, to, to see. I think we've seen some similar things in our portfolios as well. Um, I, I've been impressed with how how quickly a lot of people have adapted to this. Um, what what advice are you guys giving companies that are at the extremes of of the ca- their cash position, right? So you know, early stage companies that sort of have two years worth of cash. Are you telling them, hey, this is a good time to be more aggressive when everybody's pulling back, or, or are you advising them to be equally cautious? And then what about people that were getting ready to go out and raise and maybe had four months to six months of cash, and now they're really in a in a bad position? Um, you know, I mean, the, the M&A markets are probably going to dry up too, and you're not going to have a chance to, to maybe get some of these companies, you know, even aqua hired like you might. What, how are you, how, how are you, what are you telling these people to do? Yeah, the, uh, just to finish up on that, the, if, you, if you have four to six months of cash, you're really out of luck because you expect it to be raising money right now, and it's going to be much, much harder. Um, and so I think you have to assume that it's going to be, uh, really no chance of starting from scratch and completing an outside round in the next four to six months. It's very hard. So then if you've got a great company and you only have four months of cash, what you should do is uh, turn to your insiders and try to get an inside round. And if if you're not in the part of your portfolio where your VCs are ready to do an inside round, then you have some very serious decisions to make about how you can you know, cut your burn in half or more and, and just get out of the current doldrums. If you have more cash than that, uh, then again, I think you should be in a defensive posture to preserve optionality, but um, you can take advantage of some, uh, some rare opportunities. So one is, let's say there was a restructuring you intended to do. Maybe you were going to switch from one sales model to another, or, you know, you're going to outsource or bring in something. This is a good time to do those restructurings and changes Everybody expects that you're going to be making some changes. It's not going to be real shocking. Um, and so, you know, uh, some good advice we have for one of our uh, portfolio uh, advisors, Jit Saxena, is, you know, th- take your chance. And then if you really have enough cash, then you can do some smart growth things like hiring people. It's going to be a lot easier to hire right now. Good time to bring in some gem people um, or investing ahead of your competitors. But to do those kinds of bets, you really have to be confident that you've got a terrific opportunity in the new world ahead. Um, and so I think for most people, caution is the word of the day. Yeah, and I think I think to just jump into that. So, you know, in terms of the new world and, you know, how do you think about over the next six to nine months companies uh, that you that you will fund and how how will the evaluation of companies that you're looking at change? Yeah, I'll give an example of a couple of deals that I'm working with now. Um, I was in the process of closing a a small seed round on a company that B two B, doing about um, you know forty forty five k a month in in, in revenue, um, 
it's it's a little bit servicey in terms of the revenue, uh, so that's why it's still sort of appreciated at, at that level. And you know, a couple of the angel investors, somebody put a pause. Um, actually, two of the people in around sort of put a pause for the next you know kind of thirty to sixty days, and. So we, we started getting a sense that the round was sort of um, kind of coming apart. And I'm confident in a couple of things about this company. I'm confident that this is a relatively recession-resistant business because they um, you know, help other people to scale. And so if you're in a, a part of the business where um, you provide flexibility and you help bring people revenue, those are obviously two really good things to have in a, in a recession. But two, the the overhead of the team is really low. And so my confidence that this team is going to be around in three months and not go anywhere is, is relatively high. But they have a couple of hires that they would really like to make that they believe can scale their business. So we just talked today about um, possibly doing uh, bridging them for a bit at a better valuation from my perspective and saying, you know, look, um, what are the near-term things you really want to get done to make going out again and pitching in three months uh, way better and and to tell an even better story? Uh, you know, because let's let's be conservative, but let's not miss opportunities. And so that's basically what I'm going to do. They came up with a number. Um, I'm going to put a little in now, uh, get a get a better price than I was going to get going forward, and you know they're going to make a couple of key hires, and so this way when everybody gets back to work in a couple of months, and and, and frankly, like even if they don't get back to work in the same way, you know we're confident that the business is still going to be uh, pretty stable. They're not going to burn a bunch of it, and I I think it accomplishes a couple of things. You know, one is it's just a difficult time to be raising now. So you probably want to give it a little while, but two, look, VCs, most of what we have is our reputation in the market. And if you are confident in a company and a founder and a model, um, I think you'd rather be on the, you'd much rather be on the side for the long-term nature of your career is the kind of VC who, who comes through when other people aren't going to, Versus being one of those people who sort of pulled back when everybody else was pulling back and, and possibly going back on a term sheet or back on a soft commitment. You know, I don't, I don't think those are the kinds of bets that really make your career as a VC. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's a great point. Um, and so how, how are you guys thinking about, you know, there's, there's sort of two pieces to this, right? There's the, there's the actual pandemic piece, and we don't yet know when that's going to crest in the United States or going to be over. It could be, uh, you know, 10 days. It could be, you know, we could be quarantined for a year while they figure out a vaccine, you know, probably somewhere in between, closer to the 10 days side, I hope. Um, and, and then until that uncertainty is, is done, you kind of don't know even what the economic picture is going to look like because it's unclear. The damage is still being done, and we kind of kind of don't know what the damage is going to look like. Um, so, so you know, we'll start with you, Russ. Like, what what kinds of things are you going to look for as an investor or advisor companies to look for to start to know that hey, the 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 market. These are signs that the market's picking back up again. These are signs that you can start to think about getting to normal and going out to raise again. 
Well, I thought Charlie's example was perfect, uh, in, perfectly instructive there. Look, most VCs I'm talking to right now have an operating assumption, which is everybody thinks, of course, we'll come out of the current crisis. And yeah, maybe it's 45 days, um, you know, to pick a, a, a number um, during which we, we start to reopen the economy. But I think every VC I'm talking to is going under an operating assumption, which is that we're going to hit some kind of recession. Hopefully it's not true. Maybe the stimulus package will change that, but that is the operating assumption that seems to be dominant right now. And so in a recessionary uh, environment, you're going to see a different type of startup get funded. Um, And it's going to be cash frugal, high potential. So these are things that can be a software company where, you know, two or three people can produce something that a very high value. If it's hard technology, I do a lot in hard tech. Then it's going to be asset light hard tech where you don't need to build a giant manufacturing line. I think if you're in the, you know, if you used to think, well, I need a, a LTV to CAC ratio of three to one, you know, maybe now it's five to one is the way to think about it. You're going to need very fast return on investment and the bar is raised. And that's uh, that's just based of, of potentially being in a, a high li- a liquidity crunch and or sort of starting to get into an inflationary environment. So for seed stage, cash frugal high potential. For the Series A, the, pro- the, the issue there is Series A is about you have to have proven that you've got product market fit. But if you've just done that and you're ready for Series A, guess what? You proved it in the old world. So you're really going to need another quarter or two to prove it again in the new world that in the new environment, people still want to buy your product. And I guess the last thing I'll say there is sort of, uh, you know, when might we restore what will feel more like a normal time? I, I, my little cheat sheet is I watch the price of oil. Um, right now, oil is at $24 a barrel. That just tells you nobody's doing very much. There's no demand. There's no industry. There's no use of energy. We're apathetic as an economy. I would say until the price of oil gets more like back into the 40s, 45 to 50, uh, that's a really good sign that we're still in sort of a a sleepy stage as an economy. And uh, so you're just going to need to be that much better as a startup in order to get funded. Charlie, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's it's not just a matter of uh, better, but I think um, I think we people are going to be really thoughtful about what types of models uh, are going to work, sort of going forward. So, I, I just literally before I hopped on was was passing on a, a, a cold email pitch about you know something that was um, uh, a sustainable product, an uh, eco friendly product. And, you know, like that was its only kind of uh, differentiating factor. And it was probably premium price to the market. And, you know, look, I think that consumers care about the environment, but when they are, you have gone from a a two earner household to a single earner household or or even even worse, um, those are trade-offs that they're probably not going to be willing to make. Now, on the flip side, I'm in the process of closing on a deal that's an eco-friendly, sustainable diapering company, which um, also uh, saves consumers money because they don't have to be um, buying diapers every month. And what we've seen is 
in the past two weeks, the daily revenues of the company have gone up uh, about six or seven X because of supply chain challenges in, in getting diapers, right? But the, the thing from our perspective is actually, is this kind of environment the, the needed push to get consumers to test us out? Uh, because you want to be careful about models where you, you saw Blue Apron go up about six or seven X over the past couple of weeks. People start going back to work. They're going to go right back to, you know, canceling their Blue Apron subscriptions and, and the company will be right back where they started. But there might be some models where the change in the number of people working from home or cost consciousness and budget consciousness might be enough to get people to convert to a new way of doing things. And, and I think those are going to be models that are, um, you know, more interesting going forward because I, I do think you have to look either bet on a recession or, or just as a startup that's struggling against anonymity and uh, inertia, assume your customer doesn't have a lot of money to spend and is really, really putting a microscope to the ROI of your product. I mean, that's, that's kind of a good assumption either way. You know, uh, I like that a lot. And I'm, I'll tack onto that and say, we've all gone through a lot of chaos in the last few weeks. And I think that uh, there will be, even once the, the COVID gets managed, I think there'll be a lasting appreciation for reliability and simplicity and things you can count on. And uh, so that I think consumer products that appeal to that side are likely to do well. One other thing I'll add too is I've been instructing some of my companies to think of this next immediate period as a good one for lead generation. Um, you know, if you can be a voice to potential customers of uh, guidance and, and reason and helpfulness in the next few weeks or months here and, and not quite try to sell them anything. Uh, the, the number of people who are willing to hop on webinars or, you know, uh, I've seen some companies create some interesting, uh, helplines and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I think you have an opportunity to get a lot of names in the funnel and to be really ready to go out and sell when this all clears up. And, you know, if I didn't have a content marketing strategy before, one that involves uh, live interaction, providing information, I would be doubling down on that in the next few weeks. Love that. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, well, Russ and Charlie, thank you guys for, for being on today. Um, and, uh, you know, if, uh, if, if those of you listening have guests you'd like to see on the podcast or questions like you'd like us to ask, you can send those to podcast at pjc.vc. Um, and again, that was Russ Wilcox from Pillar and Charlie O'Donnell from Brooklyn Bridge Ventures. Um, if you're interested in, uh, in reaching out to either one of them, thank you guys for, for being on and, and, uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. Um, Stay safe, and uh, we'll be back more soon with uh, more podcasts. Thanks.